welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio. Hello and welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. I'm your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio. And today we are here to discuss episode nine of season three of Six Feet Under, titled The Opening. I'm here today with Dina from the Fandom Cram podcast. Dina, how are you? Doing great, Victor. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I already forgot. How do you... F- oh, you had just simply searched uh, Six Feet Under podcast and that's how we found each other. Uh, we've yeah. been emailing back and forth over the past few months and then, you know, as I opened season three up... Uh, I think I think at the point we had started talking, this is kind of what was left, right? I don't. Mm-hmm. Or did you choose this episode on purpose because of art, or was that oh, someone else? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't really do a whole lot of research in mm-hmm. choosing an episode. I think you had uh, had a few left in season gotcha. three, and um, I just took a look, and when I saw that this one was like the opening or a night of an art gallery, I was like, well, I'll pick that one since. You know, I'm an artist and everything, uh-huh. but I had, you know, no idea what else happened in the episode <laughs> specifically. <laughs> uh, I guess let me scale back a bit. Dina, Dina and her friend Stacy. Yes. Uh, host the Fandom Cram podcast. And as we were talking off mic, super envious <laughs> of your podcast. Uh, and again, quote me where you're wrong. Quote me where I'm wrong. But I mean, you kind of just talk about whatever you're into that week or. or Absolutely. Right. And that's I, I've said it on the podcast before. That's something like. Uh, I'm a big Planet of the Apes fan, and I just saw oh, okay. the recent one, and it's like, man, I'd love nothing more to just talk about it, you know? But right, uh, that's how it started, actually. Uh-huh. Like we just these conversations. I know you said you didn't listen to um, any with Stacy and myself, but right. we this podcast basically is conversations that would happen between us, anyways. Yeah, and uh, and then it evolved into just like we let's just talk about what we're into each week. Yeah, it's and, it's. It's awesome because, like, yeah, like you just did a whole episode on Dexter, and then there was the the six yeah. feet under one where you just like, <laughs> uh, you just you told like what I'm into right now or what I'm into this weekend. Yeah, right, it's just awesome. Uh, do you have anything big planned coming up with the podcast? Or, you know, I have to apologize to our listeners, um, but at the same time, I never promised this because uh, we haven't had an episode in a hot minute. At least Stacy and and me mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a, a few solo episodes. We've just had, we've been on vacation and other stuff, so um, we've been wanting to do our Wonder Woman podcast. That's going to be a pretty huge one for us because uh, Stacy is a huge Wonder Woman fan, and so I'm looking forward to that one. So once we get uh, scheduled, that's probably our next big one. Mm -hmm. And you have recently finished Six Feet Under, as, as early as this year? Yeah, I watched it for my first time ever mm-hmm. uh like earlier this year so i'm you know like you said with dexter i'm a late bloomer on on six feet under two. right right um and question because it, it's something we always talk about on the podcast if i could ask your age i am going i'm actually my birthday's at the end of this month i will be 29 well look at that early happy birthday um Thank you. Because they always say, like, you experience this show different ages and whatever. Um, yeah. I thought, I, I don't know why, but I thought you were younger. And I just imagine we would experience, <laughs> I guess, like, just we always say, we experience the, the show from, you know, different ages and whatnot. I guess we could get into the episode if we could. Well, I guess, let, let, real quick, and, you know, I know what your thoughts are, but just so we can get a, uh, 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 
I'm blanking out on the word. Just your your take on Six Feet Under, like it, okay. it sounded like one of your favorites. Is it still yeah. one of your favorites a few months later? And just your general viewpoint of Six Feet Under. <clears throat> um, I binged it earlier this year, and of course that finale you can't top that finale. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's still definitely one of my favorite shows. I think it holds up for me because, you know, I do watch a lot of um, comic book shows and sci-fi shows. Yeah. So I really like the fact that this one, I I feel like it's so grounded because it's about death or has, you know, death is such a big factor in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's something, uh, there's two things, there's two things in this episode we're going to talk about where uh, they, they start showing their hand towards the end. And then also the realism, there's there's one scene, because this is one of those kind of awesome episodes where uh, <laughs> the entire cast is in one place. It's kind of like those dinner yeah. those dinner scenes, and you get these weird interactions where, like, Keith right. meets Margaret, like, you know, and it's just, there's that, and, like, you would never see it otherwise. But there's one yeah. moment, and we'll get there, where it's just like, this would never happen as real as this, quote-unquote, real <laughs> as this show is. Um, yeah. But we'll get there. Um Okay. We, I guess we could start with the awesome. death. Ca- well, let me first. Uh, this title, this episode is titled "The Opening," and I believe this one is April twenty-seven, two thousand three. Um, our, our death capsule. Uh, this for this being a, a suicide, right? Of how this mm-hmm. woman dies in the beginning. It's the neatest suicide I could like think of, both in right. terms of like how she does it and actually what she does. Because mm-hmm. you know, there's like obviously you think suicide. There's a lot of like. Uh, a, gu- a gun involved or an overdose or like just jumping in front of vehicles um yeah. she leaves everything so neat where it's just like this is for the cats and this is for you know this and that i, I know she was so like prepared with her envelopes yeah. and everything i was like i mean she's ready to go i hate to put it like no that, i know right <laughs> you know it's like wow <laughs> Uh, and so calm about it too so like, calm i mean she, not crying or anything and she's gonna make sure that she looks good as she goes because right before she like oh, closes right. the garage door she uh you know uh puts on her lipstick and checks how <laughs> she lipstick. looks in the mirror i i, I noticed this on this time to- on my last rewatching that uh when she takes the cassette out which right there is like look at how much this show has aged um i know <laughs> <laughs> the uh her, her her stereo says uh goodbye and that's like, right. and every stereo says that, and you don't think anything of it. But with this scene, you're like, oh shit, like goodbye, that car comes. I know that was almost my favorite part of the little death capsule, that little <laughs> detail. It was like, because you, you know, you everybody had a system like some similar to that, yeah, or know. you know, a friend had it, and so that that's it puts a little creepiness to that little goodbye line. Yeah, and it, it's just so common. I've seen that goodbye on all my stereos I've ever had, and it's just the one that's like, oh damn. Oh uh, yeah, I did it. I forgot about this being a thing where where the car is on and car. I believe it's oh, carbon yeah. monoxide, right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just I, I always thought this took a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, because that whole room has to fill up and into your car. I don't know. Right, I think it does take a while. Yeah, I, I don't, maybe she just. Do you think she had? The sixpence none the richer on repeat <laughs> the whole time. That's what I was wondering. I was like, change up the music a little bit. But, oh man, that song. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I used to like that song. Though. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that six feet under will definitely take anything you like and just sort of have that warped view. Um, I of know, it. <laughs> right? And we see she closes the garage door, and uh, our 
Melinda, I believe it's 38. I have it on right now. 35. Yeah, 38. Yeah. Uh, as the episode starts out, we see that um, obviously for what the episode title, the opening, but we see that there, there's going to be the art show opening for, mm-hmm. is this for Olivier or is it for the school? Uh, it's a, I think it's a charity show and gotcha. right, it they, is charity. they just yeah. select certain artists mm-hmm. for it. Uh, when we see, and this is what I was kind of mentioned that they show, they start showing to me, to my memory that this is the first time that we see the black crow, which kind of, if you remember, like sort of plays a part, I think, oh, I think it's yeah. actually like the, the image for like the season five DVD. Um, okay. And it's right in Olivier's work. He has like, the, yeah. And it's just that big black crow there. Um, yeah. When I, peck I, your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, like I said, like the, you know, setting up this art show, it's kind of somewhat like our previous dinner scenes where it just brings the whole, you know, the whole um, cast together. Uh, yeah. I, th- I, be- I think the only ones that aren't there are Rico and Vanessa of of the cast, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> in this opening scene where Claire starts to question, like, oh, man, maybe $75 is too low for my thing. And, you know, <laughs> Olivier being Olivier, like, oh, God, how immature you are. All you care about is yeah. money. You should just be hungry. You should be thankful, whatever. Yeah. And then it, ca- it pans to his pro- uh, the price <laughs> of his piece, and it's $20,000. Oh, no. <laughs> Like that is some. Oh great... my gosh! I had to pause that because um, it it went. You know, I saw that it was twenty gram, but I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, I was like, "Let me see this for sure." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Olivier, oh man, I'm telling you, if I had an art teacher like him, I would have probably dropped the class I, like yeah. first day. <laughs> now, uh, there's something about this about I guess art in general, and I, I don't know if I've said it before, but I'm someone who just. And, and maybe, maybe like me not getting is part of it, but I don't get art because uh, mm-hmm. there's even a part and we'll get there where like Brenda's just staring at this Billy's work. And it's just, I mean, it's just uh-huh. a blank canvas to me, <laughs> but even like Claire's thing where the, the two people at the cemetery, uh, at the cemetery, whatnot, I don't get art. Like I can't see, I would buy Claire's art cause that is kind of a cool piece uh-huh. and it's I- definitely more affordable at $75 as opposed to 20,000. Absolutely. That's a plus. Yeah, Claire's was really cool actually. The it's a Duratrans and the most common thing people see that applied to is like uh at movie theaters. Like so the movie theater poster mm-hmm. is printed on a Duratrans sheet which is meant to be put on a light box and that's how you see the movie poster so well from far away, but if I, I actually have a couple. Wait, if we could scale back for a second, a Duratrans is what exactly? Is that the style uh, of this, or are you saying that's that's the physical part of it? Yeah, it's pretty much like the medium, the physical, what it's... Oh, man. I'm Googling it right now to try and see. <laughs> well, it's a... I actually have... I think I had the definition. It's a, it's a large format, okay. backlit, color transparency film. Gotcha. And, okay. And like I said, I have a couple. They're movie poster ones, and they're they're pretty thin, and they're kind of like wobbly mm-hmm. a little bit. But they're definitely made from like plastic, and you you actually can't see the image on it very well at all until it's you lit. have some light shining through. Yeah, from the back side. Well, so. well look at that. That's cool. Yeah. So I liked her, um, <laughs> like what she made it out of. Right. Right. And yeah. And with David and Keith, we see that they are at the video store and again just <laughs> awesome dating of of the show um oh my god <laughs> uh we see that father jack here kind of a, a cameo of sorts 
Um, right. <laughs> when they're when they're at, uh, online, uh, well, first let me set up that they are bickering over the threesome that happened in the prior episode. And, okay. You know, yeah. we clearly get the idea that Keith with Sarge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with Sarge, <laughs> that Keith is totally um, as is you know kind of liked it and wants more of it, and David's still like a little timid of it. Um, yeah. We see that Father Jack is returning. Hold on here. I got to get a crack. Okay. <laughs> How do I say this? Back to the crack butt munch too. Oh my gosh. Now. Which I, uh-huh. I looked up. I think it's a real It is a real video. film. That's why I had it. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my yeah, goodness. It's totally a real film, which is really, you know, that's yeah. some dedication the writers are putting in. Oh yeah. Did you know? As was uh-huh. the uh, porn star that uh, Keith mentioned. He was like. Let's just get the new Matt Summers. Oh my god! And I look, yeah. <laughs> looked him up too, and he's a real he's a real gay porn star. <laughs> did you notice who the video store clerk was? Oh man, of course I did. Oh, I knew. <laughs> That's my boy, actually. So his name is Joel David Moore. Right. And the it's so funny. The very first thing I saw him in, because I think this was well before Avatar, mm-hmm. was grandma's boy that's that's all i know him from is grandma's boy <laughs> no way <laughs> I, I i i know he's in other stuff but like as soon as i saw him i was like wait wait i know who that is oh grandma's boy <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all i see when i see him you know like but he has been in a lot of stuff i'm actually a bones fan and okay. he's a intern on there and like i said he was in avatar yeah and, uh, a lot of other really small roles <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will never see him for not anything other than than uh, JP from Grandma's Boy. Oh, it's hard not to. Hard not to. <laughs> uh, oh, and then real quick, when they're in the the therapy session together, um, okay. You know, just like I said before, that Keith is, you know, he's all about it. He's he likes this new new venture that they're going into. Whereas David is, you know, timid about doing it again. I like the, yeah. the, the way Keith described it. Like you know, he liked that it was spontaneous and wild together mm-hmm. instead of being so careful. And, <laughs> you know, probably pretty much the opposite of David. Uh, I know. I, I felt for David, you know, because you, you could just tell, like, he, he's so uncomfortable with it still. Yeah. And, oh, man. <laughs> but Keith, I was like, the first time I was like, man, Keith is DTF. <laughs> the threesome, he, man. Yeah. He's all for it. And he, I wonder, too, I guess part of it is like, I think he likes it more because he know how much it kind of scares David or whatnot, you know? Oh, like it's kind of like continued from the paintball. Yeah, revenge. Yeah. yeah. Like I, like, I bet you, if I could like tinker it, and I, if David liked it, I bet you like mm-hmm. Keith would kind of back off, you know? But it's like <laughs> I know you don't like it, so I'm gonna keep pressing on this, you know? Right. Um, Almost like he's testing him too at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Exactly. Um, That's funny. Uh, I guess, and also uh, where Nate and Lisa start out there in the bedroom fighting. Uh, <laughs> that oh, says so much. Man, <laughs> I want to give them like, well, first of all, I want them to just part ways. But every time I watch a scene, I'm, I want to give them like some Dr. Phil therapy so bad. Well, what, what I realized this this time around in there, in there, because I mean, this has kind of been bubbling up over the past few episodes. Yeah. They're not even like, at least Nate, right? Like, he's not even fighting about what the issue is anymore. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. fighting about the fighting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it's just, I think that's why it drives me nuts. Yeah. Now. They're not yeah. like, they kind of already passed what the fight was about. But, yeah. I mean, it's been so evidently clear. And that now at least Lisa's realizing it that, like, he, because the way even Nate says, uh, 
I, I'm a father and a husband. And right there, Alicia's like, you know, there you go. Father first, husband second. Mm-hmm. It also got, kind of got me to thinking if, if, I, if I had, if I was in this situation, I don't know, I'd feel, and again, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is why I'm not married with kids. Like, <laughs> I should be a more of a parent than I, I don't, like, it feels bad coming out of my mouth, but like, shouldn't our first concern be the child? <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, you know, I don't know why she actually got so mad which I could say that about everything with Lisa. <laughs> but I was, you know, she, she's really, she really picks apart Nate's words and then just, oh man, it, just it's puts... A, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know? I just, uh, and and it doesn't help that they're living in like one bedroom, you know, upstairs, no kitchen <laughs> with Nate's mom well, on you, top of it all. Right. And, and you know, what's funny about that is like, that's kind of how now him and Brenda are so like relatable now because they're like, mm. look at us losers. We're still living with mom. <laughs> and, some, and something like that is kind of like, oh, God, I'm still living with mom. But it's like, oh, look, look, my my ex-wife also living. Oh, no, that, not ex-wife, ex-fiance. Um, oh, also right. living at mom. You know, look at us. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what did you think about uh, Brenda just kind of popping back up? I mean, they kind of... See, a lot of my thing is skewed because, like, I knew this beforehand. I I, I can't go back to my feelings of when I first watched it. But Mm -hmm. Brenda was too powerful to never come back, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, And I just, I really like, over these past few episodes, I just really like how much more mature they are right now. Like, they're so much better now. And maybe because they're friends and that's why they're better, you know? Yeah. You know, you slowly... I mean, if you think about what Brenda did to Nate... It's pretty despicable. Yeah. And then here I am, and it's just because Lisa's in the same room. It's like, Brenda ain't so bad. And it's like, <laughs> oh yo, Brenda God. was having twosomes with dudes high and like, you know, right. just totally. Oh my and gosh. the worst thing Lisa's done is like pick up, like you said, pick apart right. Nate's word to an exhausting event. Like, yo, right. Brenda was screwing guys, giving guys hand jobs and all this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Brenda ain't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, it's funny how shows in general can do that to you, right? Like, you know, what's the greatest you know, example of that. Uh, what? You saw Breaking Bad. No, I haven't yet. Oh, I, I know. I haven't seen Breaking Bad or The Wire or Sons of Anarchy, but I'm I'm gonna get there. It's just, you know, it's hard to get past my first loves of shows and add something in. But I'll get there. I promise. I won't spoil it too much, but okay. Breaking Bad, the character Walt, Brian Cranston. I, I mean, I, this is not a spoiler, but he comes. He becomes a drug kingpin, essentially. Right. And his wife just kind of sits there and it just kind of goes for the ride while not trying to. And mm-hmm. she's kind of like fighting back as the wife of a drug kingpin was like, what are you doing? It's like, I know, I know you have all the money in the world, but you're losing your family. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because if you ask people about Breaking Bad, it's like, oh, everyone hated Skylar and everyone ignores uh-huh. the drug kingpin. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> right. But it's like that anti-hero sort of thing. I mean, kind of yeah. like Dexter, right? It's kind of like, yeah, we all love yeah, Dexter, absolutely. but it's like, the dude is out there killing people. And it's, I know. you know, it's like, oh, it's, like, look, it's messed up, but I love it. It's like, everyone's like, like, oh, LaGuerta's such a bitch. It's like, yeah, she's a bitch, but Dexter was killing people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But you walk away from it like, oh, I hated LaGuerta, but you know, right. go Dexter. Um, oh, man. Uh, when they are starting to go to the show or can I call, I, I keep calling it the opening. So we mm-hmm. could, we could, when I call it the opening, I'm not talking about the entire episode. I'm talking about the that's, actual. 
right? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. When she's trying on clothes, <laughs> I just love like the, the subtle symbolism for their marriage because she just tries on a bunch of stuff and then she's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And just how many times have they tried because, you know, we'll get there of, of what, what they now rebrand their relationship. But it's like no matter which way you try and package it, it's still shit at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, oh. Ruth and Arthur. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I had just realized this on my last rewatch. Basically, the, like the Ruth and Arthur storyline, and tell me if you disagree, Ruth basically just needs someone. Like, she'll take anyone how she can get it, and just Arthur kind of, I mean, he's literally next door. Yeah. And then, I, oh, okay, no, no, because this is how kind of I took it, and it, it, it's mm-hmm. the same thing with the Ruth and Arthur. I don't always understand the Chenna with all of them, Margaret, Brenda, Billy. Like, sometimes I lose what I'm supposed to be grasping onto. Oh, absolutely. Do you not do you not agree that part about Ruth though, that she just kind of needs someone and that she just happens to be Arthur because he's right there? Yeah, because was it I have trouble remembering like ends of season. Was it in season two where she was or in this season maybe earlier where she was trying to be all super lonely and uh one actually one of the episodes ended with her like just sitting at the table. All by herself. Um, I think that was or, it's. It's definitely before Arthur. Um, okay. I think it's last season because I think that's the episode where the the woman just died by herself and no one found her for like a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, you know Ruth. Oh man, and this is after Hiram and uh, Nikolai. Nikolai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a convenient little. She wants to have. A love interest in Arthur. Yeah. Like she's trying to almost force it or... But like you said, yeah, it's just convenient. I mean, he's right there and he's so kind too. And <laughs> they they have a lot in common in, in certain ways. And, and then but, you have like, you know, Arthur who's just like an odd soul. Uh, yeah. I think he's kind of the same way as, as Ruth in that like he'll kind of gravitate to anyone who shows interest in him. Yeah, um, yeah. But then when they mentioned that, you know, that Ruth invites Arthur to the opening, uh, Arthur sort of wells up because Ruth mentions how, you know, Arthur is a part of their family. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of just think like, oh, I, I mean, maybe they're opposite, but they're also one of the same in that maybe Arthur would just kind of needs anyone, someone. And I like anyone who showed any interest in Arthur and the same way with Ruth, right? Like if anyone showed any, yeah. any amount of interest, just going to gravitate and just overload them by doing their laundry and, and cooking you know <laughs> right right well they're both would you say they're like introverts mostly uh, i i well i i don't think ruth is because i think ruth ruth kind of could talk to anyone arthur yeah, arthur true. i think is is like if we were in high school arthur is that kid who like probably like cuts up straws and like makes them toys right. like i don't know yeah, just, yeah. just uh, everybody uh avoids yeah and, yeah yeah I love Arthur, though. I would have lunch with him. <laughs> you know, going. It's if, funny if, because uh-huh. uh, you know, in I'm watching the show and I love him, but like I wonder, you know, how people would treat him if like he was like a real life character, you know, at your lunch table. <laughs> I think I think if I was younger, like in my early twenties, I think I would have looked uh-huh. down upon someone in Arthur. Yeah. But kind of the part of growing up where, like, I bet you Arthur loves something that I love. 
you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, dude, no one else likes, you know, Legend of Zelda like you do. Like, <laughs> let's, you know? And he probably knows he everything. He like Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like definitely cosplayed as, uh, not as oh, Link, gosh. not as Link, but like as some yeah. random backstory oh, character, yeah. you know? Like, that's Arthur. Um, you know what? I would want to put Arthur in uh, in Grandma's Boy. Oh, he <laughs> totally could have been. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that would have been good. Uh, and then the 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 Rico, the, basically the 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 arc of the Rico and Vanessa storyline. Uh, oh, Vanessa's yeah. taking medicine for her depression. Yeah. Uh, nothing is happening. Hmm. I, I I was re- I always try to do some back back research just to get other people's viewpoints on the show, like mm-hmm. and how, but kind of the idea that Rico was selfishly trying when, when he does the dinner scene for her. Right. Uh, you know, he has wine and candlelight dinner and whatnot. I don't know. I was reading that uh, that was like selfish of Rico. Did you take that the same way? I, I definitely didn't. I thought this was Rico without trying to just shake her and be like, what's wrong with you and you need to get better. When obviously right. knowing that that's not how depression works. You just can't yell at someone. Um, right. I, you know, I didn't think selfish yeah, right off either. bat. Uh-huh. Um, I thought, you know, he's just kind of desperate to try whatever mm-hmm. he can to help her feel better. Um, but yeah, no, I, I and I'm, I kind of, this is actually kind of when I start to get annoyed with Rico, um, I guess <laughs> sort of in the season three arc, because I actually, I loved his like just goofy enthusiasm for yeah. like embalming and everything in the first few seasons and now you know of course he's being brought more into the drama yeah of life but uh yeah i hate i see my issue with this whole little arc of theirs was that he was pushing i felt so hard for her to get better like trying to rush her to get better right which you know i know he cares and everything but um i know that i've you know when i've lost i haven't lost a parent Mm -hmm. because she lost her mother right yeah um but I've lost, you know, a lot of close people in my life, and I know that some of them have taken me a lot longer. You know, I never sat on in a graveyard on Sundays. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's she definitely has a more severe case, I guess I would say, than I ever did. But I was just, you know, I kind of hated how they were running to so many meds and thinking that that was going to just, you know, fix, save the day. And I actually kind of preferred Rico's little effort to make her dinner over, you know, taking 50 different kinds of meds and waiting for something to happen. I mean, it's like trying, just trying to show her she's special. Like, you know, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, the oldest trick in the book, right? You know, like, yeah, uh, you know, we we're fighting like crazy, but one night I cook you this candlelight dinner. It's like, oh, maybe you're not yeah. so bad. Totally ignore it. You know, you know, yeah. I mean, what's funny too, is like depression is definitely viewed different now today in 2017 as it was in 2003. Yeah. So the idea of just kind of like, Oh, you have a great husband and you have kids. Uh, be better, <laughs> you know. Is, right. is how is how we kind of used to look at this kind of stuff. But obviously, like she needs professional help, and I guess medicine yeah. is part of it, right? Like, who's us to say it's not? Um, I just I don't know how I how you know. God bless me if I'm ever in that position. But I guess you kind of do what Rico does up until you know you obviously realize that that's not you know there's nothing Rico can do. And that's nothing to Rico's detriment that that's mm-hmm. all he could do. Like, right. Just part of it. Um, and was, what was the, was the episode 
with i'm sorry i'm like running into my episodes because the first time i watched this you know i binged it so i already didn't have any like borders between (laughs) episodes but was this the one uh before after the lice situation uh this that that happened the episode prior where rico's yeah so rico's like you know come on you're depressed this is this is too much and she's like no no i'm fine and then finally the kids get lice and it's like look look like you want to be depressed that's fine now you're bringing now you're affecting our children you know uh-huh. Uh, and then the funny thing where like, the lice was from the family. It wasn't from... So it was from Rico, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like so a, I a think convenient... he felt guilty too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that contributed to, to his idea for the dinner and everything. But, uh... and, and, and you know, it's funny because uh, we see like the, the boyfriend of Melinda comes in to, to make arrangements. And I mean, first off, it's to me as a funeral director, right? So disturbing the way Nate and Rico treat it. And like, we know it's a TV show, so this is written, you know, uh, but like, they're kind of (laughs) like the woman, Melinda is kind of like a hybrid of Lisa and Vanessa. Yes. Cause they both had that in my notes. (laughs) Yeah. And they just kind of, once they, once he's talking, you just see both Rico and Nate, like, Oh, let me, let me go a little further with this. Let me, you know, uh, yeah, they start like interrogating. Yeah. And then what's funny is like, Nate kind of gives him like, you know, listen, man, it's not your fault. And, and, you know, did what you could do, whatever. And Enrico's like, what kind of medicine was she on? (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. Um, Uh. I mean, it's just, it's rather unprofessional to kind of, you know, I mean, you try to connect like with a, you know, something like this, you try to connect with the family. Right. But this is like you said, it's more like interrogating than it is (laughs) trying to understand better. It's just, oh, wholly unprofessional. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you think so, <laughs> but it definitely got uh, you know the the plot point out that hey, this is this is just like Lisa and Vanessa mm-hmm, right here. Mm-hmm. Definitely got. It was funny how Nate and Rico both lit up and was like, maybe I can learn something, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny because I mean we're glossing over everything that happened in the art show, but like just to sort of like end the the Melinda part, uh, you know, obviously we see what Nate and Rico go through. Uh, you know, over the course of the episode, but at the end, at the actual funeral, you know, we kind of revisit the idea of the boyfriend being the cause of the suicide. And right. what's funny, or I guess uh, how we can rationalize our way of thinking, Rico and Nate just talk about how, you know, love could be so deluded and it's, you know, it's foolish how people could think of love that could save you, or whatnot. Uh, but I love when they both look at the casket, and in that casket is a woman who killed herself. And the man who thinks he was the cause of it, and as they're looking at this dead woman casket, they both, you know, Nate goes, you know, what a poor man. I wouldn't want to be him right now. While they're both that man, right? Right, yeah. Like, I realize, and like, you know who I would I wouldn't want to be that woman who also decided, you know, to to do that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just as deluded as, as they think. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i guess that would be a little selfish on ego right right uh i guess we could move to to the art show the opening uh i'm i'm gonna go scene by scene as much as okay. i have written down uh just because you know there, there's something like i said let's like you know usually i, I could take a storyline and just kind of go through it but this is the, the one of those episodes where we have all the characters mashed together in a room russell's piece that we saw was hidden by olivier but then also <laughs> bought by Olivier. Hidden by Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh god. I mean, what a power trip, right? Like, what a what a controlling <sighs> genius, but also I... disturbing. <laughs> oh yeah, very disturbing. I hate how he. You know, I love actually when I first watched this, I was like, man, I really like Russell and Claire. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think their conversation in between, like with each other, felt really natural too, compared to some some other characters sometimes. Yeah. And I laugh a lot, too, at the jokes they make and little quips. But, uh, yeah, I really like them. So I, I when I started finding out that Olivier was, like, really trying to just get in between them and just manipulate uh, Russell and Claire at the same time, I, I started getting so annoyed. Like, <laughs> why, why, are they, why are you letting him do this to you, Claire? <laughs> like, uh, the minute that he... Was like, listen, you're gonna be my designated driver. Yeah, I'd, I'd drop. I'd be like, I quit. Yeah, I'm dropping your class too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but but at the same time, Claire, you know, Claire goes through this shit for a reason, and she definitely learns something from all this. Right. So, looking back, I can deal with it. <laughs> and 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 something like this, uh, I guess, you know, I, was, I started thinking about it from the writer standpoint where. You know, they come up with the idea, we're going to have an art show and we're going to throw everyone in here. Mm-hmm. I imagine writing that is so challenging, but also fun, right? Because they, yeah. you know, let's throw Margaret and Keith together in a room. Let's, you know, Olivier and Ruth are going to meet. Uh, yeah. But like, <laughs> sort of to the, the, what you were saying where, where, where Olivier starts to like, you know, manipulate Russell, that we see that Billy and Olivier knew each other. And right. <laughs> Another interaction that you just wouldn't think about even though they're both artists you know right of course and like what we see is i bet you it was kind of the same thing that happened with billy that you know they were sleeping together and yeah he was his best student and it's like uh-huh. well i really wasn't his best student we were just sleeping together <laughs> oh goodness and it starts like kind of like the drain of, of you know claire sort of like is putting stuff together where like yeah. What happened the last episode when uh, Claire was gone, and mm-hmm. just to see the way uh, you know, I mean, even at the end, right where where uh, uh, Russell admits, well, Russell, you know, says, "Yeah, Olivier bought my piece." Oh uh, yeah, and he's and that's he, where he starts to say talk about power trips. Yeah, but uh, you could see Claire sees it on like you could see it on Claire's face, like yeah, oh shit, something's going on, and yeah. like. How crazy that to think like you usually worry like usually be like, oh, man, maybe you're the favorite, you know, teacher's favorite and you might get a better grade or a better job. Mm-hmm. She's thinking, did you sleep with <laughs> Olivia, you know, or, or what right. happens? Are you guys sexually involved? And it's like, whoa, what the hell's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, um, mm-hmm. oh, God, I didn't even I think, you know, I, st- I think I was like on the same uh, path is Claire. Like I was starting to realize things as she was. Like, well, I bet other people. Like, did you suspect anything before any of this started unfolding? Between, I, I, I think the idea of that there's where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So like, while and, and kind of something that Six Feet Under does, and, and I have it somewhere here in my notes, um, that like what Six Feet Under does great sometimes is take something that you expect. And kind of flip it. So you're not getting the yeah. usual reaction. So I, I, I believe if I could go back without remembering what happens, I think like, oh, you're going to find something that, you know, is not what we're all going to lead to believe. And what we all think right yeah. now is that they, they mm-hmm. got sexually involved in that last episode. Um, right. And I think it's the next episode that it comes out. 
if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> the one of the first times we have like you know the 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 cast mash up together, um, everyone's looking at Claire's piece. You know, David mm-hmm. and Keith are still bickering of what the meaning of the piece is. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, until Keith, she walks up, <laughs> right, right, and Keith, you know, says that David's stuck in his old ways, and that's oh, the way right. at least Keith sees it. I kind of like that comment that Keith is was kind of like sort of on uh, Claire's side a little bit, right? Yeah, because I mean, David says like, "Oh, she's," I think she says she's too dark, like the yeah, you know, and. Yeah, he's like, you know, that's that's your old-fashioned way of looking at her. Like, you know, she's <laughs> she's growing up and whatnot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> we get like, you know, where where the, the Lisa and Nate, where Lisa's like, you know, where's the drinks? And that that, that like <laughs> scold that Nate gives, and she's like, yo, I'm good. I breastfed so I can drink. Yeah, she's like, I pumped. <laughs> she got so defensive. Like, oh man. The f- Their tone with each other is uh, makes me sad, but uh, and if if you go back and look at that scene, Keith Keith's expression, he just has this like at the end of like if you said wow and you just mm-hmm. hold your mouth there, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like whoa. Yeah, you know Keith is one of my favorite characters. He's he's so great. I mean he's yeah he's the most. It, it's so funny where he has all these anger issues and and you know he has the stuff that goes on with his father, but he's the most stable character on the show emotionally. You know if you go through uh-huh. everyone, he's I in in my first two seasons of doing the podcast, I called him a rock because he's just you know he's comfortable with who he is and and. Obviously, he has that whole anger thing, but he, he, he knows who he is, and he could sort of deal with that, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I love Keith. Oh, yeah. Well, David, I think, is my favorite character in Keith's right, right. second. But. I kind of glossed over it these past few episodes, but how enjoyable a sedated or, or more emotionally healthy Billy is. Oh, I know. Because, you know, our first few glimpses of him from season one and two is like he's so erratic and so, for lack of a better term, crazy, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And now seeing, me, seeing him here and even just the way he interacts with Brenda is like, like Billy's kind of a cool dude when he's not, uh, whatever, on oh, his yeah. meds or whatever, you know, he's, he's rather enjoyable and, and a nice person. Um, yeah, and he seems like a more artistic mind when he's, right, right. he's calm like this, so I can respect him a little bit. And they used to say that about Billy in those first few episodes where, you know, Billy's a really great artist and, mm-hmm. you know, his, his meds kind of mess him up and whatnot. Mm. Uh, when <laughs> one of the greatest moments I think of this episode when Nate and Lisa are getting food and they're still, you know, bickering whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Nate gathers up some cheese to give to Lisa and this is the second episode in a row where cheese sort of... I n- <laughs> like what is with the cheese man cheese isn't even healthy really and i was like did somebody like pay them to say cheese like 10 times in each episode there, there is the, there's something i had done a, a, an episode earlier this season where there was 15 food references throughout that oh, yeah. episode and, and what, what my guest said of from chris green from the underdog podcast is uh-huh. i bet you they were in the writer's room and they just they were like all right Let's see how many references of cheese we can get. You know, and someone right. said five. It's like, I got 10. I got 15. <laughs> just throw it in because, yeah, there's cheese again. Right? Um, uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. the kids, uh, too, freaked me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, yeah, With their love of cheese. I was like, <laughs> y'all need to eat some 
<laughs> some veggies or something. <laughs> Probably all constipated. And you know what? I kind of just, um, I threw this together just right now as you were saying that because uh, uh, in, in my episode prior with Natalie that we were discussing that why was cheese so so integral to the part, to the episode. In the, but there's something mm-hmm. where they mentioned that this, the cult of the people or the organization, uh, that cheese is sacred to them. Now, mm-hmm. if you take that and apply it to this episode where, you know, Nate gathers up some cheese for Lisa and Lisa's like, I don't want it. But you mm-hmm. know who does want Nate's cheese? Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, if if you want to um, if you want to take that further, where cheese is yeah. supposed to be sacred, uh-huh. there he is giving it to Brenda. Right. Um, oh goodness! But with the, this great interaction is where we see that Brenda and Lisa quote unquote meet, mm-hmm. and you know the episode prior, Lisa got a massage by Brenda without telling her who she was. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, when I'm fast forwarding over a few scenes, but when when they meet in the bathroom, um, this is something I said that like I feel like another show would have handled this interaction differently. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously feelings and Nate for Nate and Brenda, maybe while they're not romantically, you know, they're they're, they're more comfortable of who they are as people. But yeah. I feel like in another show, like Brenda would have been like the uh, sort of like the high school, like you know, you'll you know nate will always love you but he always was mine first and all that right but brenda here is uh brenda here is like like nate never loved me you know if you want nate you could have him as long as yeah but she didn't mean it like it's yours it's just like like yeah if you just want to be what nate wants you to be he could be yours Mm -hmm. forever but good luck trying to like swallow (laughs) that you know yeah yeah (gasps) Um, yeah, I thought that uh, mm-hmm. I thought a little fight, you know, might have yeah, yeah, took place um, and kind of the opposite. Yeah, go on. You definitely saw that uh, whenever they quote unquote met um, when Nate was out there and everything with the cheese. Yeah, uh, you could definitely tell that Brenda was like, like, bitch, what? <laughs> like, we just, I know who you are, you know. Like, and I'm surprised she kept her mouth shut because I, I might have been like. Look, she just <laughs> she just came and saw me. Like, I, think I don't that's know. Like, I hate secrets. So I think that's like two girls working together, though, or rather, I can't yeah, call them girls. Yeah. Two women working together, where it's like, oh, you did some shit. I'm not gonna call you out here, but what you did was messed up. Like you know, right? Uh, and as we saw, once they were one on one, you know, uh, confrontation did take place. And, e- <laughs> and and even as they were in the massage scene, as they are here, like. It's the same way, like I said in the last episode, like Lisa was physically naked with Brenda, but she's also like emotionally naked with her because here, Mm -hmm. you know, she starts crying right in front of Brenda and it's like, Mm -hmm. Brenda's like, yep, I know, I know which, I know why this is happening and whatnot. Um, Just to bare your soul like that to an (laughs) ex-wife, you know? I know. That's actually the second time she's like cried in front of her and kind of like, you know, Man, it just shows how desperate, um, oh my goodness, Lisa is to just, I don't even know what she's so desperate for, you know, like you said, how Nate is kind of fighting, uh, what did you say, he's um, fighting over the fighting, or? Yeah, just, uh, we're we're, we're done, we're done, the issue was, you don't love me as a wife, you don't treat me as a wife, as a husband, Mm -hmm. like, we should be whatever, now they're just fighting over the idea of fighting, I think. Right. I think Lisa is, gets upset over being upset and yeah. is lost yeah. in this like whirlwind of emotions. Uh, 
as as I say in every episode, and I, I guess you have the same thing where I play the episode as while we're talking. Yeah. Something that I caught right now, and it's on my screen when Nate starts getting the cheese together to give to Lisa. The art piece in the background is mm-hmm. a huge baby face. Oh, really? I and didn't notice that. I, I have it on right now. I have it paused, and it's just like, yeah, like that's that's almost exactly what they're fighting over. Like. Nate yeah. loves Maya more than he loves Lisa, and yeah. that's the problem. And it's it's so funny. I'm seeing it right now that I didn't catch it. Like, it's glaringly <laughs> that problem is in your face. <laughs> uh, uh. Later, when Nate approaches Brenda by herself, um, this is what I said about that 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 blank art piece by Billy. Just I don't get art. Right. Brenda's looking at it and he's like, "Oh, he's gotten better, whatnot." I I couldn't. It looks just like a a blank color palette to me, but yeah, I couldn't. Well, I couldn't tell. I was trying to. It, at first glance, it looked like a painting, but, you know, Billy's known for his photography, which doesn't mean, right. you know, he doesn't paint, because I do all kinds of things, but um, I was trying to figure out mm-hmm. what it was, but, yeah. yeah, that's one of those simple pieces. Like um, Russell said, some people just want things that are pretty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of one of those, you know, I, I do respect fine art, but, like, I th- and I think that's the type of art that y- you say you don't understand is more yeah. of the like fine arts and abstract and stuff like that. But yeah, I I don't get all pretentious like some people about <laughs> art. You know, if you know, I, obviously I like comic book art and yeah, you know, stuff like that. But um, we had to learn about all that in school, mm-hmm. so I could give you like a whole spiel on you know <laughs> Billy's piece, but. To but, me, it just it would look good over a couch. Yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I would want it in my place for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> what what I when I try to sit there and like think about like all right, let's try and apply this to the because everything everything when you watch an episode of Six Feet Under, everything does have meaning, and it's kind of oh, like yeah. up to you to like, take it out. What mm-hmm. the route I tried to go was that like. You know, we met early in the episode. They had mentioned how Brenda's a uh, you know recovering from addiction and you know her mother kind of laughs at the idea of that yeah i kind of felt like that was brenda you know cause she's just staring at it whatnot that's kind of how brenda f- must feel being in recovery like yeah like just the normalcy of life because yeah well she spoke about how uninteresting she is yes yes and, yeah per- exactly exactly and that's kind of like here's a blank canvas right and that's how right uninterest you know we see Whatever, whatever you want to say about the other pieces in the in in the show, the opening, mm-hmm. there's something to them, you know. Yeah. But here, blank canvas, uninteresting. Right. That's the closest I could, you know, sort of grab out of it. Right. Uh, and just like I was saying, Brenda and Nate get along so much better now because this is where they joke that they both live at their mother's house and. Yeah. They're both a bit weathered, in terms of you know life, you know, mm-hmm. and I just think that's why. It's rather pleasant to see them getting along now as opposed to what they were. And it just- yeah, I wish, you know, what I wish is that, like, not for the show because it wouldn't be as good, but just if this was more people I knew, I wish that, like, they could have had this time together like this because I know you have talked about it um, in, in other episodes, but, you know, they were kind of pushed into their relationship because they had that hookup and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, there was no time to have any fun or yeah, yeah. like, you know, just kind of be friends even at first. So yeah. it's kind of like they're going in reverse, un- unfortunately, but they, like you said, they are weathered and have learned um, since they went through all that crap. Yeah, of course. I, I still can't believe, though, that Nate would... <laughs> 
be in the same room with her. That is where I said earlier in the episode that while while uh, uh, there's a lot of realism to Six Feet Under and why it's so relatable is because you know you could pick any character, what's going, any storyline in the show, and chances are if you're if you're old enough, and it's kind of why I asked your age, but yeah, you can pick someone's storyline here, and it's like, oh, I remember that time in my life, or I'm going through this in my life. Yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, that all that realism being said, and and, and you brought it up now, but I, I guess we could, we'll, we'll, we can fast forward to it and then we'll go back. Uh, okay. They're in the tent, uh, not the tent, the, the pyramid. Yeah. And after they go through this whole thing, Brenda just walks in and the three of them are just sitting there chilling. <laughs> like, know. that would never happen. <laughs> uh, like, it, no. w- it would happen in the sense of it'd be like, oh, hey, uh, excuse us, we're going to go get a drink. We're right. not all going to, like, philosophize about life <laughs> together, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And, well, you know, that pyramid was actually my favorite art piece. The, I mean, seeing what happened gallery. after seeing what happens in it, it's like, yeah, that, that's rather um, <laughs> rather nice, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I guess I guess we could get, you know, what happens in the pyramid, uh, um, probably the most, uh, I don't want to say soul-bearing, but I guess the most open Nate and Lisa have been. Yeah. You know, Lisa has the great line, and it's probably the truest line of the episode. Neither of us can be what the other person wants. Mm-hmm. And that, like, yes, that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> what Nate, man, I had read somewhere that it's so selfish what Nate says, and it's like all the pressure is on Lisa. Nate, What, what Nate established what he wants is he wants to start from a different place, friends who are lovers, without all <laughs> the pressure of something they're not. With the idea that if... It's not, if it doesn't work, that they at least tried. And going back to what I said in the the beginning of the episode, like, is that a solution? Or is that just like repackaging or rewrapping an already damaged product? Oh, I think it's rewrapping. Oh, I was like, what what have y'all been trying to do the whole time? (laughs) Like, uh, oh, man. And that's where I'm like, because I I like Nate. And especially I liked him uh, when I first started watching like seasons one and two Mm -hmm. but uh he says things sometimes you know it's his it's him in relationships that i think i hate yeah because nate by himself i think i could you know be his buddy or whatever yeah yeah be his friend but man he he it's like he's a smart guy but he has no concept of like relationship (laughs) it's just the idea of like you're gonna okay you're a married couple with a child I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like he just stripped it down to the idea of like, you're just labeling what we are. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea, like once you label something, it's, it's, it's official right. or whatever. But yeah. what, they are, what, they, what they repackage this marriage as is kind of like what a marriage should be. Like, I mean, you're obviously yeah. not just friends, but I mean, you have to withstand each other. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're friends and you have to show compassion and, and affection and whatnot. Um, and I should say now that you've mentioned like, you know, labels and everything, um, I am engaged and I've been with my fiance. Like we just got engaged last year, but I've been with him. We've been together coming on nine years, Okay, which is longer than a lot of people are married yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that's why I guess when I watch Nate and Lisa, you yeah. know, because they're supposed to be older than me right now. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I... I it's not that hard if you really love the person. Like you, right? <laughs> they can never get past uh, 
their arguments. They never yeah. come up with solutions to like live with each other. So it's like it's really frustrating for me to watch because I'm like, you just need to separate. Y'all got married because you got her pregnant, and now you're just trying to force it. But I mean, they're essentially just treading water. And this, yeah. this, and this, this thing again, where we're gonna repackage what our relationship is again. You're just kind of going. You're you're not you're not even doing like the two steps forward. No, one step forward, two steps back. You're just taking yeah. two steps back. Like yeah. you're not even getting to the forward part. Um, I know. It's just it's kind. Of, it, it is in the end. It is really sad from Lisa's standpoint. Yeah. You know, because like you know, if Nate, if uh, Lisa doesn't, like you said, pick apart his words. Nate's completely fine with everything. Yeah, absolutely. And Lisa's just sitting there, the poor, that's poor woman, you know, suffering at every turn. Yeah. I, I mean, there's even a scene which is like, it's only like like maybe like 15 seconds, but it's really powerful where Lisa's just sobbing hysterical holding Maya. Like, that's yeah. how much trouble she's having with all of this. Um, I know. Well, can I get into something a little bit spoilerific? Let's do it. For a minute. All right, so... I was thinking about Lisa's kind of mindset at mm-hmm. this point, and I was wondering if, because you know how they brought up the plot point sort of um, after Lisa disappeared, and then, gosh, I hate doing spoilers. No, you're good. <laughs> I you're can't good. Even say. Listen, everyone, so, everyone has. If this is 2003, everyone has a 14 year head start. You are <laughs> okay. free to go. Okay, so Lisa did. Um, after that. <laughs> Um, we find out that she had kind of had a, what, like an on-off relationship with her... Brother-in-law? Brother-in-law? Yeah. So, after that, you know, after I'm going back to my, like, second rewatch of this show, I'm putting myself in her position, sort of, even though I've never, like, cheated on anybody. Right. And I'm like, you know, is she just, um, what do you call it when you when you put your emotions into something else because you don't want to deal with the actual problem, she's kind of diverting her yes. stress to Nate. Yeah. I feel like maybe at this time or, you know, close to this time, maybe she, did they imply that she cheated on Nate or that she just had the, no, the... she definitely cheated on Nate because it was an ongoing thing. And okay. the last, we are so spoilerific right now. The last time <laughs> she meets with him, was because she was going to break it off, and okay, and okay. wow, That's right. wow, and and I'm putting this together having not seen it. I believe she does that because of what they just this. established. Yes. Ah, oh, see, that's what I was. I wanted to get your take on that because I was like, it's got to be happening like right around here, and yeah. that's why she's so like tore up with her emotions and just all over the place. Because you know, Lisa's that type of person. When Lisa first hit the hit the scene on six feet under i thought i was gonna like her a lot yeah um and you know then she started spiraling into uh, <laughs> you know what you know, she is now yeah it's a great point it's a great point you brought up because i didn't i didn't even factor any of this in i just kind of was like lisa wants something that she'll never have and she's just mm-hmm. she idolizes what nate what nate is in her mind that nate mm-hmm. will never be what i mm-hmm. never took into account until you brought it up is that that affair is happening right now. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's a lot of the the fighting with mm-hmm. Nate, and and when they're fighting in the beginning, Nate's just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm tired and whatever. Nate's mm-hmm. fighting with her about something that he doesn't even know about and he can't control. You know, right. like the idea of like, 
you know, uh, 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 let's just say you and your fiance, your fiance is really mad that you didn't ask him if you wanted a, a second second piece of chicken, and he's re- he gets really angry with you about that. But what actually is is wrong is that you guys didn't go see a movie together, and yeah, the, the yeah. chicken is what brought, boils that up. It's yeah. kind of like what's happening here is that Nate Nate's fighting at something he doesn't even know about where she's oh, out absolutely. doing, you know. Um, Wow, and I, I hate to uh-huh. like sound sexist or anything because I'm sure it goes both ways. But I, I think the reason that I could see that was because, you know, I, like I said, I've never cheated on anybody. But like you said, with the chicken thing, like I think we all do that sort of like, you know, somebody, you know, say my fiance pissed me off earlier. I mm-hmm. carry that a little bit. Yeah. I try not to. <laughs> right, right. Of course. But, uh, you know, we're all human. And yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of why I was considering it. And. It's another one of those things that I would have never picked out if I had watched this younger. Yeah, um, yeah, and and, but. and and you know what? To be fair, that we don't learn about this until a season later. Yeah, yeah. And if you go back to two thousand and three and two thousand and four when the seasons aired, like you would kind of forget about it. But it would make sense why Lisa is the way she is. And it's funny. Here I am doing the podcast, and it's not until you brought it up that it's like. Oh shit! This is why she is the way she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah well, see, like you said, it wasn't revealed till later, so it's 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 almost got you questioning. Like, did they write it this way on purpose, or did they maybe by chance add that plot point in where she had the affair? You know, to make it more sensible why she was acting this way. Right. But hopefully, it was all in the plan. I think I think that it was. And something else I'm going to add to it. While I was thinking while you were talking is that it's sort of the idea where let's horribly use you and your fiance again. Um, oh, no problem. <laughs> I already made you guys fight about chicken. It, the idea of like, if you were like Lisa and you had, a, you know, another relationship and you're fighting with your fiance, why am I putting you in the position? The same way they are. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it's sort of the idea of like, I cheat on someone and I come home and I'm really suspicious. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, sort of the same thing. Like Lisa wants more affection, more whatever that she's probably not getting from the mm-hmm. brother-in-law so she kind of right. comes home and is like what you know why aren't you giving yeah. me more and nate's like what more do you want <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh um, i can see his face right now right when he says that <laughs> saying it that is it kraus is so good at emoting i think i've said it, it, it and it's happened quite a few times the past few episodes where just his face acting is is amazing amazing oh, yeah. it just gives you everything just in his face you know yeah yeah. Um, thank you for bringing that up because it's something I could completely glossed over. And oh yeah, now I mean, I'm makes... sorry it was spoilerific, but uh, yeah. I felt like it was worthy of spoiling. If yeah. you're mad at me or Dina, you had a 14 year head start. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> Plus, you had a little warning within the show. Yeah, could have yeah. used a little 30 second skip. Right, thing. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to go back, come back to the opening before we got to mm-hmm. that pyramid. Uh, there is. <laughs> And again, it's again with the parent, the pairings. Uh, Keith mm-hmm. is smoking with Margaret, Billy's <laughs> Brenda's mom. Yeah. Uh, and Yanni, right? And oh, is that him? Yep, yep. Yeah, with the, <laughs> the trash piece. <laughs> um, oh, good God. And they're doing something that I've always heard of. I've never known uh, anyone to actually do it. Um, mm-hmm. She's smoking. Shotgun. What? Oh, shotgun. <laughs> <No. laughs> Is that what you were gonna say? I was gonna say smoking burns ashes. Um, as 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 a oh. younger as a younger high school rebellion, um, I, I definitely have done the the smoking pot shotgun. Uh-huh. Um, 
No, we used to call it a shoddy. Uh, I don't know if you had ever. Oh, yeah. Mm. That Maybe was, some people, but I mainly yeah. hear shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I guess shoddy, shotgun, same thing, right? Same thing, um, yeah. But they're smoking Burns ashes because even Margaret goes, <laughs> she gets really high and she's just like, oh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> was it his ashes? Because I thought they said it was his uh, medicinal well, weed. Yes. Or did they put some on there too? Um, I'm going to wait. I didn't a, catch that. I'm going to wait a second because if you could hear my ice maker. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I think if, if I had to bet money... Because she goes, yes, this is you know medicinal marijuana and whatnot. But she also, I feel like she said ashes. Because mm, then okay. there's a point because she even says, oh, burn, you know, whatever. Yeah. You get me so high or whatever. So <laughs> I'm led to believe they were smoking his ashes. Um, okay. And again, so this it, is the second time in the show that that's been done, right? Uh, there's another time they smoked. Uh, oh, oh. That they, weird kid? They snorted. Um, they snorted. Oh, they snorted. That's right. Yes. Uh, Which is totally weird. <laughs> and, oh, and my gosh. As, as a funeral director, I have to impart that it's not ashes. It's cremated remains. Okay. And it's not actually ashes. <laughs> and I always say what yeah. cremated remains feel or look like is mm-hmm. like crushed seashells. Um, mm. So it's not... I don't know how you could smoke it because it's, it's, it's not a fine material right. like it's rather yeah. hard or whatever um isn't there a lot of bone there's bone just frag like we call fragments? It bone fragments yeah. but it's not like you're not like oh there's a tooth or there's a piece of the bone it's just it's yeah. like little bone fragments you know yeah. um uh, and here we see that like, Keith's kind of going rogue here you know kind yeah. of smoking and drinking david's you know <laughs> what are you doing you know I just like that Keith's trying to get David to loosen up a little, but David's kind of too tight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Olivier comes in with, and again, just these pairings where you have uh, Arthur, Ruth, Olivier, Claire. I don't believe Russell's there. Uh, but, I mean, even here and somewhat, if I could, like, force. I mean, we do see that, we see, we do see that Olivier and Margaret are dancing, sort of acting oh, like yeah. fools. <laughs> But I guess somewhat of a misdirect because Olivier kind of hits on Ruth, and we do kind of what? Where this? I'm trying to think about that scene. I don't remember which one. Him hitting on Ruth. Well, he doesn't hit. He he flatters her. You know. Uh uh, Okay. You know, she because she's just kind of like, oh, Claire talks about you so much or whatever, and she's like, oh, and Olivier's just kind of like, well, she gets it all from you, and she's kind of like, you know, flatter whatnot. Um. I love that, like, simple Ruth really can't speak much on Claire's art, you mm-hmm. know, and she's like, it's sweet, and Claire's like, well, it's supposed to be disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then you get your uh, Arthur's input of... of. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just goes into this little thing about how art can... And it, I guess it's true, right? Like, art, it's art, good art is controversial of sorts, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah, Arthur, I love the things uh-huh. that he says. Um, <laughs> and it's funny. What's funny about this episode is to take everybody's perspective on, on whatever art they're looking at. Yeah. Because you see how different. It, I mean, that's the purpose of art. It's whatever it means to you. Yeah. So I like that they actually vocalize. And yeah, Ruth yeah. is like, you know, as simple as it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see the, the opening comes to a close. And we have Brenda and Billy not knowing where Margaret is. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I totally forgot that this was in this episode. I know, I know. And uh, what we see happen she, is Brenda and... She would have called an Uber, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right? 
<laughs> but I, I mean, I guess Margaret bought because right, we see his piece and we see the oh, crow yeah. again. And I mean, Olivier. I guess credit to Olivier for saying I'm sorry, but Olivier <laughs> just doesn't stop. <laughs> but it's so funny. Like if, if your kids to were to walk in on you having sex with. I'm assuming it's the man she just met. Maybe not because Billy was in school. Oh, true. Yeah. Olivier's just like, you know, I'm sorry I couldn't stop. But even <laughs> Margaret, Margaret trying to trying to defuse the situation. Oh, I no. I bought his piece. It's just like <laughs> she's like, honey, I bought. <laughs> I bought something while she's in the oh, middle of sex. Oh my god. god. I guess that's something though that crazy margaret would do you know like yep. it just oh, it made me laugh that she not only bought his piece first of all but <laughs> you know she decided to tell her yeah <laughs> and what i realized too is olivier has now slept with two chenoweths yeah i just realized that as well <laughs> i was gonna be like i bet brenda doesn't even know that right and it's like yeah. man this guy's just rampaging through the chenoweth family oh my gosh Olivier. Um, I I, kind of only have my note just says that like Ruth and Arthur cuddled. You know, the episode prior, Ruth kind of dramas up her feelings, how she feels about Arthur. Um, Yeah. I think Ruth here was expecting something more, even when he asked, you know, can I take off my glasses? (laughs) Yeah. And all he really wants to do is cuddle. Or I guess maybe he's too afraid to do anything more, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. Probably afraid. In a way, it's adorable the way they start hitting each other, kind of like, you know, like, four, yeah, playing. Like, like a 14 year old, you know, who yeah. like each other would do. Um, but these are grown ass adults. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no. Arthur's, Ruth is 60 somewhat, you know. Um, Man, it's funny how it's so entertaining on the screen. And if if we knew people like this in real life, boy, we'd be yeah, yeah. drilling them. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, David and Keith head to a gay bar as, as they title us. Oh, we see Patrick title it, um, mm-hmm. after the opening and, you know, they talk about, you know, they should set rules where no kissing. And right. I think, uh, um, what's his name? Keith would have, would have agreed to anything just to kind of get the ball rolling. Oh yeah. You, you know. could tell he was just like, yep. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Fine. No kissing, whatever. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah. I have to wear this. Great. You have to, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> so we see that they had chosen a man. Well, Keith chose mm-hmm. the man that, you know, David wasn't all about and David wanted Patrick, which I'm kind of with Keith where it's like, yeah, not someone we know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's weird on t- when it doesn't have to be, <laughs> um, you know, there's there's some parallel here, threesome and the guy who wakes up as to the end of our episode with Ruth. I'm sorry, Ruth. David. Uh, God, just how many more names can I get wrong? <laughs> Nate and Lisa, yeah. where the episode ends where, you know, Nate slowly creeps into their room while Lisa's mm-hmm. sleeping and <laughs> sort of parallel that with this guy the way he leaves and he's kind of as loud as possible. Yeah. You know, they, they, they kind of, I mean, it's kind of like subtlety, right? Like this is like the, the thing causing problems in their relationship at the moment, just being as loud as possible, trying to leave. And it's funny that David <laughs> fake sleeping, you know? Yeah. Um, but just, you know, parallel that to like the way Nate sneaks in very quietly to try and, you know, 
mm-hmm. come to Lisa. And something else I picked up on on watching this uh, that their room. The way it's shot, at least this time around, it also has a pyramid shape. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of cool. That's something I had never seen or maybe they had never shown it until this point. Yeah, that had to be on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess with their newfound love, you know, they just both say, you know, I'm happy to see you as if yeah. they're as seeing if each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, just sort of seeing each other in a, a new light. That's kind of the end of the episode. If there's things I glossed over, do it. One was uh, when Russell buys Claire's piece. Oh, yes. Or yes, we find I that out. That. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those, like, why I loved Claire and Russell moments. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, she gets right away that it was him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With his yeah. fake name. His fake porn star and, name. Uh, right. Yeah. And then her his cat's old or her his old cat's name fifi <laughs> fifi rochelle or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just love that because you know everybody else's like mad expensive piece got bought <laughs> and i'm sure russell just felt you know that claire was gonna feel so bad mm-hmm. after this show you know if she mm-hmm. didn't have anybody interested in her work yeah and I thought it was funny that he even came up with, like, tried to come up with a fake name. I I thought it might have been sweeter if he just kind of told her it was it was me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I liked how it played out, too. I just thought that was a sweet moment. Yeah. And I guess one of their last sweet moments. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. After this is... Actually, this, is, this episode is a lot of, like, kind of last sweet moments between certain people. This kind of, and to your point, this kind of kicks off the 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 end of season three, because yeah. it, it you know kind of sets all of that stuff in motion with all their relationships, whatnot. So yeah, it's a great point. It's it's sort of like the apex before everything kind yeah. of crashes. I think. Let's see. Go going back to how um, you know I said that like I don't like to be pretentious about art because yeah. a lot of artists can be or or people, mm-hmm. and uh, whenever talking about yanni's piece yeah right the, <laughs> the cleaner it's like yeah. basically like a janitor's <laughs> kit <laughs> yeah, yeah. laid out on the floor and i love it was so funny because the media that it was like um you know claire had dura trans it was uh they just put mixed media and i was like <laughs> you know usually mixed media means you like paint and then but you got some you know uh ink in there too like different kinds of yeah like mediums but this one's like they couldn't label it as anything else so they picked mixed media (laughs) but uh it was russell or no claire was like who would ever buy or no russell said who would ever buy that and claire said moma oh yeah yeah you know museum of modern art but i just thought that was so funny and then my favorite uh i laughed so hard at this line Uh, i think it might have been like my favorite little scene in the show because mm-hmm. it just made me laugh so hard it was when uh <laughs> like <laughs> keith and david thought they saw vigo mortensen <laughs> <laughs> and david he goes i wept <laughs> oh my gosh like i i should have said this in the beginning like one of my favorite you know the reason i watched this show was because of dexter i love michael c hall right um, not only for his you know acting props but he's he's you know, done Broadway and he's a great yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah. 
Michael C. Hall is kind of the reason I started the show. I just trusted his acting chops so much that yeah, I was like, yeah, you know yeah. what? I don't care what the show's about even. Like, <laughs> I'll watch it anyways just because of him. Right. But uh, that scene, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, he just made me laugh so hard. And I, what movie were they talking about? Do you remember? Oh, man. That he wept in? I, I, they might have not mentioned it. I don't think so. Um, I'm Googling Viggo Mortensen movies as we speak to try and remember. Yeah, because uh, my first thing is he's in uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, that's what I was going to but definitely but, wasn't Lord of the Rings. I'm yeah. trying to find a movie <laughs> pre-2000. Oh, right, yeah. Hopefully 2003, someone... right? Is when this... G.I. Jane? <laughs> um, I wept. Could have been like one of his really old ones. Yeah, it's probably but, something that's totally passing over us. Yeah. Yeah, and then Keith was like, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he probably sat through that movie and <laughs> while David yeah, was crying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. But that, yeah, I just had to bring up a couple of little <laughs> yeah. jokes. Yeah, as, as I go over the episode, I kind of sometimes, like, you know what I totally glossed over, too, is, like, we see at the end where Brenda and Billy, you know, uh, Brenda slept over Billy's house because, obviously, Margaret was having sex with olivier yeah and it's just kind of like you know you forget that they are brother and sister and they grew up together and you just forget that they are rather they are human you know bill that brenda is not this you know marauding drug sex crazed woman i mean she was but she's also you know her and billy's not this crazy person either but you know they are just brother and sister you just get that kind of like human moment between them at the end and you know they just bring up someone uh one of billy's friends whatnot um yeah i like that moment because yeah yeah i I like how the show shows um that people can change if they choose to of course yeah that's one of my favorite parts about this Mm -hmm. show especially claire's (laughs) storyline but uh (laughs) yeah well uh that wraps up our episode i did not mention the beginning of the episode of where people can find your podcast dina Oh, yeah. Um, you can find it on iTunes. Just search Fandom Cram and whatever um, you know platform you like to use. We're, we're also on Player FM, Podbean, and Stitcher, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have a home site, though, if you don't feel like doing all that. You can just go to fandomcram.podbean.com, where you can awesome. find all our episodes. Great, great. Uh, I am on twitter i am at digging six feet under you're also on twitter are you at fandom yeah, at, Fan- at fandom cram awesome uh i'm on facebook you're also on facebook i know i just liked your page earlier uh yeah i'm on facebook at digging six feet under dean is at fandom cram uh mm-hmm. oh as always as i tried to start doing with my episode last week with natalie uh just to send in random uh, uh funeral director questions just uh it's something when i have another funeral director on the show it's something that we could elaborate on and kind of never know which way the conversation will take us uh and join us next week as we will be discussing episode 10 of season three titled everyone leaves with my guest sean fallon and that's it thank you dina yeah thank you victor it's been fun (laughs) uh thanks for listening everyone thank you for listening to the digging six feet under podcast Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. 
The Digging Six Feet Under podcast is in no way affiliated with HBO or Six Feet Under, and the views expressed here are solely that of the hosts. No infringement is intended. Hey.